You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. The time has come. I like that. The time is now for Victoria Stilwell's Positively Podcast. She's a world-renowned dog trainer. Seen enough dogs today, have you? She's the host of It's Me or the Dog. I'm coming to train you. Along with co-host Holly Furfer. You don't play around with that name, do you? I am a fan of Shreddy Balls. She's Victoria Stilwell, and she's ready to go. This is a lovely way to start the day. You get the busy bee. I need to trim her whiskers. I see some poo here. I feel a little bit better now, because I'm the only one who usually feels stupid during the podcast. Now, let's head to the studio and get this Positively Podcast started. As promised, here we are again. It's my favorite time of year. Being with me? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you mean the favorite time of the week? <laughs> my favorite time of the week. But I love this because... Holidays. I do, I do. I'm, I'm, I don't particularly like winter, but I do love... I do love Christmas time, yeah, holiday celebrations, Hanukkah. And it's so weird, though. They come so fast. You know, we all say this. When you're a little kid, you're like, oh, my birthday will never be here. Oh, my gosh. And, like, the year creeps by. And then, you know, oh, the holidays. I can't wait till Christmas. I can't wait till Hanukkah. And then the next thing you know, like, as you get older, you're like, wait a minute. Did, I, do we have June? What's going on? I Another birthday? I cannot believe how fast the time goes. I know. It's really scary. We sound like a bunch of old ladies talking right here. We do. <laughs> Lord. That's part sorry. of my. You'll, you'll know come January, this podcast will be completely different yeah. because Holly is entering hashtag life crisis. Um, yes, but um, it's. Yeah, uh, girl, you're not doing too bad, hey, I have to say. I'm fighting it every step of the way, but it's good. It's all good. And, you know, it, it can be, though, stressful. It's stressful for the holidays. It's fun. Um, everyone looks forward to it, but I know. Thanksgiving is really my holiday where I host and Christmas and Hanukkah. Those are the holidays that my friends host or, you know, Mm -hmm. my husband's family hosts. Mm -hmm. Um, So the stress isn't on me. But I think one thing we don't realize is, you know, our pets, you know, we're stressed out at home. Think about it. Do they sense that, you know, or do they know they get stressed? Absolutely. They pick up on it. There's, there's, there's the stress of that too. And there's also the fact that when you have lots of family around, or friends around, you're not paying your pets enough attention right. and you're not taking them out as much. And then you, you're feeding them maybe a little bit more. So the reason why my wonderful vet, Dr. Duffy Jones um, from Peachtree Hills Animal Hospital says you've just got to be really careful around the holidays because that's the time they see most dogs with intestinal issues and including pancreatitis because oh. people just overfeed their dogs and it's fatty food and mm-hmm. and then their dogs get really sick. I had to tell you one thing and I thought of you, I wasn't going to tell you this, but here we go. No, um, you know, Thanksgiving, we were cleaning up everything and over the table and the garbage can got, bag got filled and someone pulls it out and we're going to take it out to the garage and people are still dumping stuff in it. And then we go to the other room to clear and all of a sudden I hear this noise and I've got extra sensory hearing apparently and I come out and there's Cashmere, my pit mix, who loves to eat like her mama, face first in the garbage and I freaked out because that can I mean besides like a turkey bone or a chicken bone or so that can that's dangerous oh, it's really dangerous and it can kill some dogs I mean it, it can it can so that's why I was, have a great have a great holiday time but please bear a thought for your pets and if you are having lots of friends over and lots of guests over and your dog's not that sociable then maybe just give your dog a safe zone Behind a baby gate or a in a bit. room. Themse- yeah, just so that they can have a little bit of quiet time. Yeah. Play some soft music, get them a nice <laughs> toy to chew. Get them some cavassier. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> um, and you know what's really funny too? Okay, so this is, um, there was an article written about this. I think it's pretty, pretty, right, pretty right on the money. If you have more than one dog, 
this happens to me a lot. I have two dogs who I love, and they're both sweet and wonderful, and I mean, they're my babies, right? But I have one dog who happens to be just a little more friendly than the other, and people come in and go, oh, Cashmere, she's my favorite. And I'm always like looking over at Barnsley, and he's like, what's wrong with me and my chopped liver? Like, he might not be as warm and fuzzy as her, but like, I don't know, that bothers me. Does that happen to you? Well, it does a little bit, and because I have a big dog and a small dog, I know that people are going to... Oh my gosh, this dog's so cute because Jasmine's right. little. And they see them both together and they're cute. But Jasmine and the kids are always drawn to Jasmine because she looks like a toy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm kind of used to it. My dogs don't know. They don't care. Maybe the one realizes that another one's getting a bit more attention than that, but they don't. They don't really care. So it's a little anthropomorphic on I think my it part. It's a bit huh? anthropomorphic. <laughs> I, I think Barnsley's like, yeah, whatever. I'm more handsome. So <laughs> but part of me wants to say, like, would you say that to like your child? Like, you know, like, no, oh, look how cute she is. He needs a little work, but she's so cute, you know, or something. Because I remember we do people do. I've had I've had friends of mine will talk about their children. Oh, my daughter's great, but my son's a pain in the ass. <laughs> you know. I love that. That is funny. I remember I had a yellow lab. Um, he was the best lab ever. But, he, you know, labs, they tend to get heavy. Mm-hmm. And I, I was, I would walk him and people were like, man, look at that. Your dog is so fat. I'm like, if I was with my child, you'd be like, hey, oh, look at your daughter. She's a porker. Like, I'm like, wait a minute. I, I get it. I take it so personally. I don't know. Is that bad? No, it is bad because if your dog is overweight, it is a reflection on you because you're overfeeding the dog or not mm-hmm. exercising the dog. Now, what they don't realize is all the surgery that um, Kashmir has has yeah, had. Yeah, right, right. And the fact that she, you know, she's she's maybe getting around a bit better now, but she's had a lot of surgery on her knees and uh, and elbows and her, and sorry, her elbows and so both. Oh, oh, both. Now, so it's harder for her to get around, yeah. and um, and it is very hard to keep weight off. It's like my dog, Sadie, she's much older. I can't walk her as much, and I really hardly feed that poor dog. I know. You know, she goes to the lab. She wants to eat all the time, and she's a big girl. She is a big girl, mm-hmm. and it's tough keeping the weight off her. So I know. It's like me. I feel bad. I'm big boned, you know. when big- I'm well covered. Yeah. My mother calls well people covered. well covered. I love that. My dad used to say I was very Marilyn Monroe in her drug years. Uh, that's like how I am. So anyway. Oh, my God. So being in the holiday season, too, there's another great story there that is. you found about this boy in Argentina. And I just have to mention this because, you know, you know, we're so talking about the holidays and oh I want this and I want this and I have a lot of friends whose kids you know I want I want this I want that and you know we're all guilty of it and it's fine and you know it's nice to be able to you know do for yourself or for others but this little boy has nothing but yet has everything right uh, he's amazing he's ne- he's called I, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right Malco Abero he's um nine years old mm. and he lives in Argentina um quite poor his family's quite poor but he found this dog and this dog needs surgery on his leg Um, it's like a street dog yeah and um he because his family can't afford the treatment the little boy comes back from school one day and says mom i'm going to sell my skateboard so that he can go to the vet which was like his beloved toy like his favorite toy and these are just family that don't have much skateboard is his pride possession and he's going to sell it so that he can get surgery for this dog. Well, 
So they decided. I think that is, yeah, he asked his mom, can you put this post up on Facebook if anyone would buy my skateboard so we can have money? Because I think the dog had a broken leg or yes, something. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, then of course it went viral, didn't it? And Thank they goodness. got the financial support needed so that the dog could get treatment just from people looking on Facebook and going, oh my gosh, and sending okay. money and stuff. So the dog is much better and um, and now his has pet. been treated and is his pet. They adopted him. And they and renamed him. He and... got to keep his skateboard. Oh, isn't that great? But you know, that's why I think sometimes a nine-year-old, right? It's so nice to hear these stories. Like a nine-year-old makes us think twice and think, you know, if somebody that age, which is probably, you know, when you have nothing and it's a very vulnerable age and, you know, a lot of kids, especially young boys' identities are being, you know, discovered then and you want to be cool or skateboard with your friends, but to be able to say, I'll give that all up to help another creature, like that that little boy, that, what compassion. You know, I have to say, and I'm sorry that if I upset some people saying this, but that boy needs to be the president of the United States. <laughs> or Argentina or, or wherever. Argentina. He could be the president mean, of my neighborhood I, or in my house. <laughs> is that, it's not, I mean, I'm not, but I'm just saying, I think that he could give those politicians on either side yeah. a, a, just a lesson a, on a, compassion. A, lesson, a great example. That's what, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Those kind of stories make me feel good about humanity again. Mm-hmm. Uh, they re- really do. There's kids out there doing that. I think we can learn a lot from that. All of us can learn a lot from that. Mm-hmm. I love it. I, you know what? That boy, I hope uh, I get to meet him someday. And I hope that there was enough money where left over where they could do something nice for him too. But uh, good things are going to happen to him. I believe in karma, don't you? I do. Hey, you got something on your mind? What are you, a wizard, a genius? How do they make a miniature? I mean, is there some way, some process they... They physically miniaturize the dog, or is it a puppy, or what What the devil is going on? That's a really good question. I've got my work cut out for me here. Next time you want to know something, can you repeat the yes. question? Why don't you ask Victoria? She's the expert with this kind of stuff, you know. Uh, you obviously don't dog. know my dog. Just ask Victoria. Ask Victoria is sponsored by our good friends at Zooks. For over 20 years, Zooks has been making healthy, natural dog treats that energize and entice your dogs. And they continue to innovate with a new line of nutritious food launched this year. Now, all of Zooks treats and food choices are, thankfully, free of harsh additives, preservatives, and common allergens like wheat, corn, and soy. And I think the reason why my dogs love them so much is because they're made with the best, wholesome, nutrient-rich ingredients that nature has to offer. Zooks provides dogs the fuel they need to enjoy adventures and embrace training time. If you want to learn more, go to zooks.com. Okay, it's time to pick your brain and ask you, Victoria. Fire away. And uh, let's start with one. This is interesting because I, I, I've always wanted to talk about this with you, and there's experts like this, and um, we were talking about talking to somebody, but you're like, you know, everything. So this is Pam in Utah. And she says, our 10 and a half year old lab just passed from cancer, leaving behind her sister. The sister has not been herself, not wanting to do usual activities, just laying around. It's been one month. We thought a puppy would help. Normally our dog was playful. She hates it. She runs away. She won't eat. What do I do? Is there a way to help them coexist? Normally she loves to be outside and always wanted her sister to chase and play with her. That's why we got the puppy. She's grieving. Mm-hmm. She's grieving. It's only been a month. Dogs will grieve, especially, you know, if you've grown up with that that sibling or that friend 
and they suddenly di- they suddenly disappear. Like us. They go. Yeah. They grieve. Some dogs will get over it very quickly, and others just it takes a while. It takes a long time. Kind of the worst thing to do is to go get a puppy. Yeah. Sorry to say that, but it is. Why? Just because. Just it's because not a if your dog, you know, if your dog, I think you need to give your that dog your time, special time, to bring your dog out of the fog, mm-hmm. to take your dog on beautiful walks, feed beautiful food, give a lot of snuggle time, help your dog grieve and get over it before you get the puppy. Mm-hmm. That dog is not ready to have a puppy in its life. Right. It's, it's uh, puppies, itself. God love them, are fabulous, but they're irritating. <laughs> you know, and especially as you had a good relationship with this other dog, a wonderful relationship with this other dog, and now you've got this little twerp coming in. Right. And being annoying. So, but now you've got puppy. I don't want you to give the puppy up, but I want you to give both dogs wonderful experiences around each other. Be there to separate or be there to um, be with the dogs when they're socializing because, and be there to intervene mm-hmm. if the puppy's getting too much for the dog. But also give them great experiences together. Take them out on beautiful walks together. Feed them great food together so that the older dog sees puppy now as, okay, well, good things happen to me when you're around. Mm-hmm. And maybe you'll get to the point where that your older dog will accept your puppy. Mm-hmm. Try to get that. used to it too. I think you know? so. You got to give it time. A month is not long enough. Because and you think about kids, you know, when kids are, it's an only child, or you know, they have, then you have a new baby. There's always sort of that until that child, the new baby, is able to talk and communicate, and you know, so the puppy's sort of the same thing. It's it taking attention away. It doesn't it's know taking, what it's doing. Oh, no, yes. of course not. So okay. Um, here is let's see. This is from Carol, and um, I like Carol because uh, she said she adopted a pit mix in March, which you know me about pit mixes. Mm-hmm. I have one. I love pits. Mm-hmm. I have four other dogs. Rudy is my first pit experience. I keep getting helpful information but I, that I haven't asked for, of course. I was told that all pit bulls are dog aggressive. Well, you were told completely wrong. <laughs> and when I'm not home, I should separate him. Right. He's getting over a bad first two years of life. He was at a rescue that the ASPCA had to take the animals from. So she had rescue in quotes. Wasn't a great rescue. I don't want to do anything to make it worse for him. He's adapting well. Do I need to treat him differently than the others? If he's doing well, absolutely no reason to treat him differently than the others. In fact, if you do start separating him and um, separation actually can cause quite a lot of frustration and anxiety. Um, and then so because when they're separated and then they come back together again, that coming back together again, there's always, you know, that's when tensions can happen. Mm-hmm. That's when fights can happen. Integrating him into everyday life, if he's doing well, it's and, great. And I'm to do well. I mean, there's so many people out there that are rescuing pit mixes and uh, pit bull type dogs and they're living very sex- successfully with each other. There is a wonderful woman called Linda Hickey. And if you mm-hmm. just go and she has a pit mix called Zena and uh, a wonderful son, Johnny. He has autism and Zena and Johnny have really bonded. Well, then she finds, then she rescues Parker Pitty. And Parker Pitty is, he's a big, big pit bull mix. And he was big. A- 
he was a total stray. Didn't she capture him? Stray? In yard? Yes. It took it took a long time. I didn't know for anything her. about this dog. It took a long time for her to capture him. And I'm telling you, if you go on um, Xena the Warrior Puppy's page, just Google Xena the Warrior Xena the Warrior Puppy, you're going to see Xena and Parker Pity and all the other all the other wonderful dogs. dogs getting on really well to each other with each other. So I think again, it's because of the height. Yes, you have to be careful with all dogs. It doesn't matter what kind of breed. And yes, there are some bully breeds that are dog aggressive, as there are some Labradors that are dog aggressive. But um, if your dog is getting on fine, should be fine. Yeah, I'm a perfect example of that because yes. I had a Border Collie, a Black and Tan Coon Hound, and we got a Pit mix, Cashmere, and the Border Collie has since uh, passed on. But the Black and Tan Coon Hound and the Pit mix were like... Psh- like took to each other like water and they played all the time and they love each other and you know they're great together and actually if I have any issues it's with the black and tan he's kind of a little cuckoo but um, very sweet and uh, but the pit's great and I can't imagine separating her because to me it just would give her anxiety it would give her it make her lonely I mean imagine if you had a new baby and you thought well the baby's new we don't know how it's going to react let's keep it separate from all the other children like can you imagine how that child would grow up it would be kind of nuts in the head yeah. so yeah but good on Carol though for realizing yes. that it's got to be done safely. Yes. So, yeah, we love you, Carol. Congratulations. Awesome. Okay, this is from Sophie in the UK. This is a, an issue I think a lot of people deal with. She says, I'm a bit worried about my dog, Sasha. He's a four-year-old Shetland sheepdog, and he's always backed off from strangers, especially when they come in the house. He just hides. Now he's starting to nip sometimes. Is he unhappy or uncomfortable with something? Mm, he's uncomfortable. He's uncomfortable with people. He's mm. uncomfortable, and I wonder if they are new people coming to the house, or people that maybe just come there a little bit. Or, but it seems like this dog is developing a little bit of a fear of people, and that's why he's doing that. That's why he's nipping. That's why he's taking himself away. And when let me just because developing something, dogs can without any incident to happen because I know my black and tan became dog aggressive and everything aggressive really, but nothing really happened. You've known him his whole life. So yeah, it's something you know, she's done. Well, it, it, it might not be anything you've done. It might not be, it might be just something environmental. I believe there's always a trigger. You just might never have seen it. Mm-hmm. It might have been the very fact that you're walking. I don't know that, that a person came in the house and, um, while they were talking to you, took a step back and stepped on the dog mm-hmm. by mistake. Or when you're outside, if you've got a dog that's reactive on the lead and you don't know why, it's never been abused, it's never, you know, but suddenly it starts to react badly to dogs outside. Maybe it's because a dog looked at them the wrong way mm-hmm. and that caused them. You didn't see it because, mm-hmm. of course, you wouldn't. Um, none of us would, but it happened. Mm-hmm. Something has happened to create that through no fault of your own, Mm -hmm. but I'm sure. But there's always a trigger. There's always a reason for behavior. Behavior just doesn't just happen. Mm -hmm. Behavior is a response to the environment or the situation. Mm -hmm. So here's what you need to do. Again, for something that we don't want it to get to the point, if he's nipping, we don't want it to get to the point where he's going to go full on biting. And I think it could get there. So I think what you need to do is when you have people coming into the house, I think he needs to be put away. I think it needs to be put behind a baby gate because you need to keep your guests safe first and foremost. And you need to keep your dog safe. I think Mm -hmm. this is what people don't realize. Oh, I don't want to get rid of my dog. That's mean. I don't want to put my dog behind a baby gate because that's mean. That's, you know, but yeah, I do want to keep the people safe. They don't realize that it's their responsibility to keep their dog safe too. Mm -hmm. Because if their dog bites them. You've got bigger problems. You've got a huge problem. Mm -hmm. And that dog's going to get taken away from you and probably put into quarantine. 
you don't want that to happen and that's why you need to be really smart about it to separate and then get a trainer in go to positively.com mm-hmm. forward slash trainers and hopefully you'll be able to find a trainer in your area to come and help you with this so that your dog can see people coming to the house as a good thing and rather than a bad thing. There's so many ways and great techniques of how you can do that. Perfect. This is an interesting one. Um, Linda says uh, her dog went blind last Wednesday, took her to Sydney to see a specialist. So she must be in Australia. And he diagnosed SARDS, S-A-R-D-S. Can't believe she could see one day and not the next. Do you have any tips on teaching a blind dog how to negotiate stairs and curbs? Interesting problem. That is an interesting Sorry problem. Sorry about the dog. But you know what? Blind dogs can live great, wonderful, happy, healthy Oh, they do. Lives. I have a blind dog in my neighborhood that um, is phenomenal. And because you know that, that even though the, sen- the sense of sight is very important to dogs, it's not their dominant sense. Their dominant sense is smell. Mm. Um, in fact, my neighbor's dog, my other neighbor's dog as well has gone blind. Um, but she runs around very happily. Mm-hmm. So once they get used to the fact that they can't see, you have on your dog's nose, if you look at your dog's nose or around the mouth, you have a vibrissae and they're whiskers. And what happens is that when a dog approaches an object, these whiskers will, the airflow, the natural airflow will change uh, and the whiskers will sense that. So therefore a dog can doesn't need to see an object to be able to sense that it's there. Mm-hmm. Now you might find that to begin with, your dog is knocking into things, but then it seems like that sense takes over, the sense of touch takes over, and the sense of smell takes over. But here's how you can do it. You, For example, stairs, you can put, what we do is we put mats, like rubber mats or um, that are different substrate before a step so that the dog realizes once it gets onto that substrate, there's a step coming up. So it feels differently. They like can it. tell by their feet, oh, this feels differently. Yes, I, it's a and step. there's a step. And Gosh. what you do is you put the mat down and then you're with your dog and you're holding your, you know, you're holding your dog, um, putting, you can put the lead on your dog and you can come up to that, let the dog stand on the mat and then help your dog down. Take your dog back up again, walk your dog to the mat, help your dog down the step. Take, but I, and, and that's fine if you've got one or two steps, but I think if you've got stairs, now you, now's the time you need baby gates. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you need to teach them to negotiate stairs, but you have to put a baby gate on the top, potentially the bottom, so you don't have a dog that falls down. Same thing with older dogs. They start to lose their sense of sight, oh, yeah. so they may not be completely blind, but they don't see as well, and they can fall downstairs. Absolutely. Oh, well, my dog now, she's nearly 15. Sadie's 15. She's tried to get up the stairs and fallen, so now we just block them off. Mm-hmm. Don't need to have them. Okay, so here's one from Catherine in Wales, and she says, I'm a huge fan of your show and found your training tips to be hugely successful on my dogs, as have millions and gazillions of us. However, I have one nuisance behavior I'm having some trouble in tackling. I have a four-month-old pug who adores biting feet. It's a baby. We've tried yelping, distracting her with other toys, taste deterrence on our socks, and the leave it command. However, she does this perfectly with other things such as leaves in the garden. But her focus on our feet is so strong she rarely stops. I saw on here that you advise walking away. The only problem is that when she's latched onto a foot, this becomes a bit of a task. And it's more of a game for her. So I was wondering if you had any advice at all on how to tackle this problem. First of all, wear shoes. Mm. I know it's like what lots of people don't like wearing shoes in the house, but get house shoes so you can wear them so that she doesn't practice the behavior. I'm a great believer in management. I'm a great believer if you can manage the situation, 
do it. And the, the most important thing when you've got a nuisance behavior like this is that it's not a nuisance for the dog. It's fun for the dog. <laughs> but um, how can you manage the situation, make it easy so that she doesn't rehearse the behavior? So actually she gets on, she does something else rather than having that game of biting your feet. And it is to wear shoes. And because yeah, it's harder for her to get into. It's harder too. for her to bite and not as reinforcing for her to bite. And that's fun. Shoes. It's, and I mean, it's brilliant and it works really well. <laughs> so you have about a week where you're wearing shoes or two weeks where you're wearing shoes, you'll find that she's now going on to something else. Well now, and that's when you redirect her to appropriate chew toys that because she's a puppy and she's four months old and she needs to chew, um, you know, give her enough of toys, rotate the toys. So it's not same toy every day um, that she can take out her chewing need on. It's also the chase thing. Also, mm-hmm, you know, yeah, that that's fun too. Yeah. So if you can, whilst you're walking, you know, these wonderful, um, you know, you can have a tug toy or something that you'll trail. And there's long tug toys as well that you can trail by your side as you're walking. So she's actually biting that and not you. And like, it's what brilliant. about even at home, like sitting down, like on the floor, Indian style, where your feet are kind of covered and playing fetch or something yeah. where... Something where she goes away from you yeah. and she can pick the ball. Come do. But again, tug toys are great. But I do like the one where you're, you know, redirecting onto an actual fun toy by yeah. your side as you're walking rather than... You. Okay. And she'll stop. She'll stop. She's a baby. All right. This is from Colette. And Colette says, I'm trying to help train an eight-month-old standard poodle owned by elderly friends of mine. Do you have any videos on how to stop her from jumping up at people when she greets them? Although she's only being friendly, she's very big and it's a problem. And I want to make sure to train her the correct way. And I know this because you fixed that in my dog. Mm -hmm. If you go to YouTube, um, Victoria Stowell YouTube, you'll be able to see uh, a lot of the YouTube videos that I've done. And it's actually teaching the dog to do something else. So instead of going, uh, you know, the dog sitting, I'm sorry, the dog's jumping up. You either teach the dog to go up to greet people by going up to them and sitting or by going to their mat or when somebody comes to the door by going to their toy to go get a toy to come greet the person. So now they're into showing the person the toy rather than jumping up. There's many different ways that you can do. So teach your dog an alternative behavior at the door so your dog does something else rather than jumping up. It's the best way. Yeah, and it worked. And immediately, just the whole like turning your back because they want attention. And when they don't get attention, my dog was like, wait a minute. And sometimes turning, turning your back, yeah, sometimes turning your back can really work. And so for some dogs that are quite anxious, turning your back can make them worse oh. and jump up even more. And that's when you need to sort of tackle why, why is that dog so needy? And so some schools of thought that feel like when a dog jumps up that you actually will, you know, as it were, they use it, it's um, feeding the need of the dog. Mm. that you actually touch the dog and so you're you're answering that dog's need and so there's various ways that you can tackle it you have a new book out tell us about your book because don't you talk about that whole the way the mind works and you can kind of sort of get inside the dog's mind that way i do i have a book called the secret language of dogs it came out in the united states in october it's coming out in england in march and it's all about the language that we don't that we don't see or don't understand. Um, I mean, about wagging tails. Uh, dogs wag their tails, don't yeah. they, when they're happy? But they also wag them in many other different situations. And actually, the way they wag them is um, interesting in itself. So that's maybe something we could talk about yeah. on another podcast. Maybe I can interview you as a guest on our podcast. I don't know. I'll have to ask Victoria. That would be Ha-ha. great. Okay, uh, one more question or two more. One more question. I think we're. I think that's probably we're good. Are you a little t- <laughs> no, no, no. I just think. 
<laughs> we're done. We're done. We're totally done. Um, I listen to me because I'm learning so much. I was like, oh. no, no, this is great. It's just yes. I think our listeners might need to go and you know get something to eat or something. It's time to go pee, and uh, we'll be here next time. But actually, we're going to take a little break for the holidays, aren't we? We are. We are because I'll be going to England, and um, you know we could do a podcast, I suppose, with you being here in the United States and me being England. But I like it when we're together here. So we are going to take a break. We will be back in January. And yeah, I hope you have a happy holiday. I know. Can you believe holidays already? It's unbelievable. But if you have questions, we will do more Ask Victoria questions. Um, go to Positively.com, the website. That's you know, where you are. Podcasts are um, all of your toys. You know, it's holidays. And you know what? Don't get somebody another pair of socks or, you know, uh, another ugly mug to take to work. Um, how about getting somebody something they really need? Hint, hint, hint. My family and friends. Uh, dog stuff like, you know, the harnesses and the treats and everything that you have on there and the toys and the T-shirts. And, um, you know, I, lo- I love, you know, kindness is powerful. That's mm-hmm. my favorite. And I think mm-hmm. that should be that should be the theme for the next year or four. And so so um, maybe uh, that would be a good alternative for shopping. So go visit the web uh, the webpage, positively.com. Yeah, guys, um, I hope you have a very healthy, happy holiday time, whether you celebrate Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Nothing. whether you don't celebrate at all. <laughs> just have a really uh, a fabulous Christmas. I mean, fabulous time. <laughs> See, I'm so indoctrinated. It's okay. I balance her out. The yin and yang. I'm yeah. Jewish. Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> Um, I would say. Have a great time, and uh, we will see you in the new year. Yes, wonderful holidays. Thank you all. Thanks for tuning in to Victoria Stilwell's Positively Podcast. For more information, visit Positively.com. Get connected on Facebook and YouTube as Victoria Stilwell, or follow her on Twitter at Victoria S. This season of the Positively Podcast is brought to you by Adaptal. Best behavior starts with Adaptil. Go to Adaptil.com to learn more. Be sure to tune in next time as Victoria helps to change dogs' lives positively. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.